Hi everyone, I'm Gary Lewis and welcome to the GEO Podcast. And in today's episode, I'm going to be talking about metamorphic rocks. So if we take all the world's rocks together, we can sort them into three big broad groups. They're the igneous rocks, they're rocks that have formed from the cooling of molten rock. Then there's sedimentary rocks that are rocks that are made up of fragments or particles of other worn down rocks that have then been glued back together or lithified, that is turned into rock. And then the final group is the metamorphic rocks. And often these are the most complex and misunderstood rocks by people who are just starting out in the world of geology. So today I'm going to give you a bit of an overview of how they form and the major ones that you might come across if you're out rock collecting. The word metamorphic actually means changed stone. And metamorphic rocks started off as either an igneous or sedimentary rock, then they've undergone heat or heat and pressure together to change their nature. And when I mean change their nature, their minerals have changed without melting. So the minerals may have become larger, they may have become orientated so they all line up in one direction or actually change their chemical properties because that original rock has been heated up, cooked if you like, or heated up and put under great pressure. So to start with, I'm gonna talk about those rocks that have become metamorphosed because of heat alone. Almost all the time, the heat that comes to metamorphose these rocks comes from large molten bodies of rock that get forced back up into the Earth's crust. And in the process of that, they cook all the surrounding rocks. And we call this contact metamorphism. So if you like, the contact with the heat that is coming from the molten rock changes the mineral fabric and nature of the rocks that it has intruded into. So say a sandstone that's really rich in quartz, if it comes into that heated zone of a large granite body that's intruded in, the little grains of sand will sort of meld together without melting and make the rock an even harder rock and we will call it quartzite. If there's limestone in that heated area, so a limestone that's a sedimentary rock made up of maybe the shells or coral fragments or limey muds that formed on the ocean floor. So you get this very, very fine grain material comes in contact with the heat from that granite and it will cook that rock up, make the crystals larger and interlocking without melting, remember, and it becomes the rock that we call marble. I guess the important thing to see here is that the minerals themselves may have changed in size without melting. So you get a coarser grain rock or a harder rock because the cement in the original sedimentary rock has become more pervasive, if you like, and made the rock harder. But because there's been no pressure, the minerals have not lined up. So you haven't had all the minerals line up in these contact metamorphic rocks. So when you look at the rock, the rock doesn't necessarily have a fabric. And I'll talk more about fabric next, because I'm gonna talk about the rocks 
that have become metamorphosed because of heat and pressure, and we refer to those as regionally metamorphosed rocks. Just the term alone, regionally metamorphosed, tells you that these rocks occur on a much greater scale than a contact metamorphosed rock. Contact metamorphism may take place over, in some cases, 100 metres or so, all the way down to, if it's a small igneous body, maybe less than a centimetre of the rock has been cooked up. But regionally metamorphosed rocks can take place over a huge area, hundreds of kilometres even, that the rocks have been put under great heat and pressure. Because in this case, the metamorphism takes place because of major events like mountain building, where rocks are being really squashed and heated together. Remember, there's no melting taking place, but the rocks change their fabric and their nature because of all of that heat and pressure over a large area like that has taken place because of a mountain building or a collision boundary between two plates. The heat, as I've already said, can change the size of the minerals within the rock. But the pressure makes those minerals line up. So if you take a rock, say a shale, and you heat it up and put it under great pressure, then you will find the minerals will adjust to the heat and pressure. So you'll get, instead of clays, you'll get things like micas forming. And the pressure, because mica is a flat, flaky, platy mineral, the pressure will make all of those minerals grow in an orientation that is perpendicular to the pressure because if you take anything with flat plates and you squeeze them together, all the flat plates are gonna line up that uh, so they are perpendicular to the pressure that you're putting on them. So what you end up with is a rock like a schist, but it has a fabric. You can see that minerals are all lined up in one direction, and it's a surefire telltale sign that you have a metamorphic rock if you see those fabric, those minerals all lined up in one direction. They don't always have to be flat platy minerals either. Some rod-like minerals like storolite, for example, can all line up in one direction too because of the pressure. But what is really interesting about these regionally metamorphosed rocks is that you normally start with very low-grade metamorphism, so hardly any change to the rock at all. And as you get closer to whatever the event was, if it was a mountain building event, if you get closer to the core of the mountain, the rocks become more and more metamorphosed till they reach some peak of metamorphism. And then as you move away from that in the opposite direction, you'll find that that metamorphism gets less and less and less. So there's a zonation of metamorphism from mildly metamorphosed through to highly metamorphosed. So let's talk about an example of that. And I've already talked about shale, so we'll use that as the example. So shale is a sedimentary rock made up of clay formed on the ocean floor. If that rock eventually gets involved in, let's say, a collision-collision boundary in plate tectonics, it's going to undergo some heating and some pressure as the two continents collide. At the very, very start, the shale, the first form that it will take is that the minerals will start sort of 
intergrowing to each other. Remember, there's no melting. They're just intergrowing into each other and the shale becomes the first stage of originally metamorphism for that rock type and it becomes the rock type slate, the stuff that they used to put on people's roofs instead of roofing tiles. Once slate gets cooked up and put under a little more pressure, you start getting some of the minerals start forming more into the micas, they become more platy, and we get a rock that's called phyllite. Once phyllite gets cooked up and a little more pressure, those crystals become a little larger, they become more lined up, the fabric, if you like, becomes stronger, and we get a rock type that's called schist. Schists, if you look at them, they are very um, sparkly because of the mica that has grown within those because of metamorphism. Then if we take that one step further, vast amounts of pressure and vast amounts of heat in the core of the mountain range, you get much larger crystals starting to form, the micas start getting a little deformed in the process, and we get the rock that we call a gneiss. So we've gone from shale, the sedimentary rock, has become metamorphosed into slate, then that becomes more metamorphosed, starting to change its fabric, it becomes to a phyllite. In fact, it becomes more metamorphosed, it becomes the schist, and eventually it becomes a gneiss. Now, as well as these fabrics within the rocks, geologists also look at the minerals that are included in these rocks. And those minerals can give you a great idea of the amount of heating and the amount of pressure that those rocks must have been under to form. So, for example, minerals like storolite and kyanite and silimonite and garnet, epidote and chlorite, these are all minerals that we find in metamorphic rocks, and their combination tells us about the pressure and heat that that rock has been put under, because some of those minerals will only form under great amounts of pressure and heat, and others under much lower amounts of pressure and heat and we refer to those as metamorphic index minerals. The mineral kyanite, for example, which is a really pretty bladed blue mineral, are found in rocks that we know that the pressure had to be greater than four kilobars for that mineral to form. Chlorite, on the other hand, a green mica-like mineral, forms at much lower grades of regional metamorphism and it gets changed, destroyed if you like, as the metamorphism increases. So using the fabric and the minerals in a metamorphic rock, geologists then divide metamorphic rocks up into different phases or facies. So a lower order facies is called the green schist facies because it contains these minerals like mica and epidote etc. As they become more metamorphosed, they move up into maybe the blue schist facies with pressure or the amphibolite facies if the temperature increases, and then the eclogite facies, which is really high temperature and really high pressure. But I don't want to get too complex, but they may be terms that you see or read on geologic maps or in geologic notes when you go out in the field. So just coming back to recap, Metamorphic rocks are rocks that have changed because of heat or heat and pressure. Heat alone through the contact with 
hot molten rock that has been forced up that has cooked the surrounding rocks is contact metamorphism. We sometimes refer to the rocks around one of these large molten rock bodies like a granite. We refer to that as the metamorphic aureole, that zone around the granite that's been cooked up. On a much greater scale, there is regionally metamorphosed rocks that have undergone vast amounts of heat and pressure through some major event like mountain building. Now, the whole world of metamorphic rocks is obviously far more complicated than this, but that at least gives you an overview of what metamorphic rocks are and where you might be able to go and find metamorphic rocks. The core of all mountain ranges is a great place or close to large granite bodies. So if you can find where on a map where a granite body is, you might even see on the map where they've marked that zone around the granite body of contact metamorphism. But for now, that ends the episode for today. If you want to know more about geology, rocks, minerals, then check out the GeoEtc website, G-E-O-E-T-C. But for now, keep on rocking.